Dear friends, Jai Guru, and welcome to another episode of the Chela de Chela podcast, featuring interviews and conversations with disciples of our sweet Gurudev, Paramahansa Yogananda Ji. The Chela de Chela podcast is brought to you by Soul Calls Infinity, a nonprofit, devotee run organization dedicated to inspiring an ever deeper, sweeter, devotional communion with the divine and to that end each podcast also features one of the soul calls music meditations i'm your host brenda roberts and in season two along with uniquely inspiring stories of how i found master we will be hearing a number of different approaches to applying the teachings in daily life and we'll see how Guruji guides each according to their temperament, lessons to be learned, and services to be shared. And speaking of services to be shared, devotees in all walks of life are doing a lot of good in the world. And as we get to know a little bit more about some of them through the Chela to Chela podcast, it gives us an opportunity to support them with our prayers, our goodwill, and perhaps even with our resources and business connections. Joining together to help make the world a better place by our prayers for all of creation, by support for our fellow disciples, and through our individual Kriya Yoga practice. At the end of the podcast, I'll tell you how you can get to the free private access pages to connect further with our guests. Before we enter this next episode, let us listen to this quote of Guruji. Master said in the autobiography, Hundreds of thousands, not dozens merely, of Kriya Yogis are needed to bring into manifestation the world of peace and plenty that awaits men when they have made the proper effort to reestablish their status as sons of the Divine Father. So, dear ones, let us walk a little closer together now, ever affirming it's a wonderful life with Guruji in it. And today we have with us Ken D. Foster. Hello, Ken. Welcome. Hi, Brenda. How are you today? 
I'm happy to be talking with you, of course, and hearing your story. Um, Ken, uh, we have listeners, uh, devotees from all over the world. So why don't you begin and give us a little profile. Where do you live and where do you go to service and those kinds of things? Well, I live in San Marcos, California. Uh, I have two temples that I attend currently. Uh, my main temple is Encinitas Temple. And also I go out to the meditation center out in Escondido. So I live actually between both of them. So I go to, uh, you'll see me at both of them. Fantastic. Well, you are a very fortunate devotee to be able to go to two temples, isn't it? Um, Ken, are you married or single, divorced, widowed? Yeah, I uh, married my wife, uh, Judy, in 1999, so we're coming up on 20 years uh, this next year, and uh, we have um, three daughters, all from previous marriages, uh, together, and, uh, but together we have 12 grandchildren. Oh my gosh. And we, uh, they keep us busy. I'll, I'll say this, the, one, the beautiful thing that, uh, of having grandchildren is that we have a relationship with every single one of them. You know, they're all special little children. They're all just little gifts from God, and, and we treat them such. So they're, they're, it's, it's such a blessing to have such a close family. And everybody's here in San Diego. I was just going to ask that. So you really do have a, a, a big family of your own right here uh, next to you. Yeah, kind, of, kind of a tribe. <laughs> a tribe. There you go. Well, we want to find out about how you um, found Guruji, of course. But I, I think first, Ken, um, I know you and Judy do a lot together for devotees and non-devotees. You contribute a lot to um, uplifting mankind and in your own little way so let's not so little but you know we all do our little parts isn't yeah, it that's right. so um let's hear about that and uh, and then we will go to the guruji question okay that's great well judy and i are always looking for ways to help people grow uh spiritually and whether they're in uh, self-realization fellowship or not, they, we seem to attract a lot of new people uh, that have uh, no relationship to the guru. So over the years, we've taken a lot of them to uh, encourage them to go to convocation, which uh, many, of them, well, several of them have. And um, so that's one of the ways we serve. Um, Judy's been on the flower committee for many, many years. Uh, she recently she stopped doing that after, I think, eight years. You know, I was serving out at the uh, Escondido Temple for a while. Um, but, you know, we, uh, we're always serving. I mean, yes. we serve, we serve um, our family. We serve our, our community in many, many ways, which we can talk about later. Mm -hmm. And um, really, we have a life of service. And I think that's uh, what brings us more joy than anything, really. Um, it's just that place of uh, giving and... Um, watching other people become all they can be and expand their presence and, and get connected to God, get connected to Guru. I know Judy has her own um, programs going, and I hope that she will come and be a guest with us uh, in the future also and, and tell us her story of how she found Master and what she does in the world. But let's talk about you right now and what, what exactly do you do in the world? I, I think I'd like to go there now. 
currently I'm a uh, best-selling author, so I, I write books. I have a new one coming out in November. It's called The Courage to Change Everything, and daily strategy and wisdom to transform your life. And um, I'm also a, uh, I started a, as a life coach about 22 years ago, and um, I've, I love that, love to do that, love to help people. I'm also a business strategist, which is what I do primarily these days, although it seems like I, I help people in a holistic way. So they're always, uh, we might lead with business, but we're usually going down a path and looking at all areas, whether it's their career or their relationship. It's an integrated um, situation, isn't it, for thoughtful, deep thinking people. You can't just go down one avenue without touching the others, isn't it, so? We're all whole beings and, you know, what's going on in their business life is a lot of times going on in their personal life and vice versa. And, and how do you integrate as a disciple, how do you integrate um, bringing the spiritual in? That's a really great question because I've learned over the years to be able to speak um, Christian, speak Buddhism, speak Sufism, <laughs> speak um, uh, Hinduism. I, you know, I, I, I speak the language of the person that is with me to help them, to I meet them where they are at, at, at any point in time. And most of the time for me, when I have a new client, the uh, first thing I do is I'll I'll meditate on that client. I'll pray about that client. Um, Where There Is Light is a book that I use constantly. Um, anytime I don't have an answer, I'm sitting with a client, and I, and I think, wow, what, what, what would Guruji say? What would Master say? And I just, I'll flip that book to any page. It really doesn't matter what page it is. Because the message is always there. Isn't that fantastic? Isn't that and, great? Yes. And I, I was just thinking as you were talking about all the languages, the spiritual languages, if you will, that you speak, um, that Guruji's teachings have um, allowed you to do that. Isn't that so? That's absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. That, that it's universal language. And it's, uh, you know, it's the, the deep meta, uh, metaphysical, meta. Uh, I don't know what we call it, uh, the, the, uh, the deep teachings that are, it's really just truth. Really what I do is I help people with truth, love, and courage. Mm -hmm. And when, when we can speak the truth, when we can open up to love ourselves and others deeper and have the courage to do that, life starts to unfold in greater ways than we ever thought possible. Fantastic. Well, uh, you're obviously well-versed in your trade. And um, it, it would be a good segue now for us to let the devotees know that you do have a podcast uh, of your own, and it has to do with this word that you've brought up a few times, this um, concept of courage. So let's just take a couple of minutes and tell us about that. Yeah, I started a show, uh, I got on radio about a year and a half ago, Brenda, and um you know, I did, uh, I did a year with uh, a co-host, and then I thought it was time to go out on my own. And so it's called Voices of Courage. The show is here in San Diego on 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings uh, throughout the county. And then it's also on 18 additional channels across the nation on uh, the following Wednesday. We are on, pod we do podcasts. So if uh, you talk about, you say Alexa or Cortana or um, who's the other one? Siri, uh, play Voices of Courage. <laughs> it comes right up. 
Oh, fantastic. Good for you. Okay, well, we have a, a really good um, overview, Ken, of your service in the world and, and how you bring Guruji into that. Um, now let's go to the deeper question and concept and story of how you found Guruji. Uh, you know, I, I hadn't thought about that for a while. So when I, I knew you were going to ask me about that, and I thought, well, what happened? And, you know, it was such a wonderful story because what I was doing prior to uh, finding uh, the guru was that I was seeking deeply for God. And I was attending Unity Church. I was attending uh, Science of Mind Church. And I was attending SRF. And one Easter Sunday, I decided, you know, I've got to make a choice here. What am I going to do? Which, which path am I going to take? Because, I, you know, I love God and I, I love to, but I was spending so much time in all these three different churches. I thought, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going wide, but I'm not going deep. And so the question came to me, you know, what, which one of these paths would be the, the most difficult? And kind of a strange question because most people would say, what's the easiest and funnest? But I, I really wanted to go deep. And so oh. I came up, you know, it, it went, okay, I'm just going to go with uh, self-realization. And then I'd say a week later, I was at a garage uh, a sale in uh, Encinitas. And a woman was selling some books of, um, uh, from uh, self-realization. I thought, oh, this is nice. So I looked at them and she had a whole box, the whole, uh, the whole kit and caboodle, right? And I said, how much do you want for those? And she said, oh, well, $25 and you can have it all. So at the time, I didn't know a lot about the path, but I said, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> so I went home and started immersing myself in the teachings. And, you know, quite frankly, in the beginning, it was very, um, probably for a lot of people, it's the same way. It was, it was very strange. I hadn't really been exposed to um, the uh, esoteric teachings the way that, that uh, Guru had, uh, had taught. Okay, let me stop you there because yeah. I, I have a question in my mind and I, and I don't want to lose it. Um, you made a choice to go to SRF because you thought it was the most difficult. Can you, can you expand on that? What, what did you think was I, going to be well, so difficult? Well, I had, I had known that, you know, I, through life challenges in the past, I'd realized that I've, grow, I've grown the most when I put myself in difficult situations. Um, and just last year, I, I decided to do a triathlon. I, I competed in the World Triathlon event in uh, Penticton, British Columbia, right? Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't about, you know, being a triathlete. For me, it was about learning to have more discipline, wake up in a different hour. And so I look for things that help me grow and help my, myself become closer to maybe being a, um, I don't know, maybe a perfected yogi. I don't know. But you know, I, I look for things that, that challenge me because I know that's what grows me. And, I think and, grows and me. what did you find challenging in SRF that made you choose it? Oh, gosh. The, the first challenge was sitting still. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, every, I, I, uh, everything in my uh, being wanted to bolt after about 10 minutes of meditation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me answer. let me ask you let me ask you this, this follow-on question. Has that changed? <laughs> oh gosh, yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Substantially. Uh, Good. Not without a lot of hard work, though. 
Yeah. 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 Well, I I must admit, there is sometimes I want to bolt still after <laughs> thirty some years. Well, yeah. Well, I think we all have those moments, but for me, in the beginning, it was every single one was just really, really difficult. So. Wow. Okay. So okay. persistence was another thing that I got from this path, right? Yeah. Really persist. Yes. No matter what, persist, and then it yeah. happens. Then then the doors start opening. So you got this big box of books and yeah. you delved into them and then what? Um, then I had some spiritual experiences um, that I'm not going to go into depth with. Mm -hmm. Just to say that uh, when I made the commitment to the guru, the guru made the commitment to me. And he opened up uh, possibilities in my life that had never been there. Um, I had some, uh, like I said, spiritual experiences with the guru that um, are very personal and dear to me, so I don't talk about them, but um, that really opened my mind, and, and I, I was given a blessing that was really uh, shown that this is the path. This is the true path. This is the path I've been looking for all my life that I'd searched so hard for because I had, you know, I started out as a Catholic, went Christian, went to Buddhism, went to Sufism, went to uh, IM networks, went to everywhere I could find that there was any uh, truth. I wanted to know it. But what I really wanted was I wanted God realization. And I wanted somebody to show me that path. And that's what I found with the guru. Terrific, terrific. So, I want to go to a couple of um, kind of interior questions, not that you should reveal anything that is sacred, but um, what would you say the main benefits for you have been um, as a disciple of Guruji? <laughs> There's so many. Um, well, I guess having a sense of peace, stability in my life, a sense of joy on a continuous basis, um, never ending joy that happens all the time. It's amazing. Um, so, those, so let me those, stop you there. But, no, no dry periods. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've had dry periods. And I've had uh, periods where I, I wanted to bolt out of the path. I've had periods where I thought this was, uh, this wasn't what I needed to be and do. Um, but, you know, there was always this little voice that said, just keep on, just keep on, you'll get there. Mm -hmm. and, and I've followed that voice. And that voice um, has taken... So this, this concept of perseverance has been very important in your sadhana, it sounds like. Very much so, yeah. It comes up, it comes up. And so when you ha have these dry periods, uh, is that the concept you fall back on or is there... Uh, Concept I, I fall back on is uh, is that uh, this too shall pass, and um, and you know and and I realize that it is uh, it's there the dry periods are there for a reason and for me it's always been I need to either get counseling I need to go deeper in meditation I need to sit longer I need to there's something that needs to shift inside of me so that the dry period uh, uh, passes so it's 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 an ongoing and and that's where the growth takes place mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so the 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 hardest part uh we, we've heard this before and i think all the devotees um can recognize and agree that when, when we're having these hard parts of our life that are 
sometimes really difficult and lonely and empty, that those are the times where the growth potential is the greatest. You know, there's the old saying, uh, you know, no pain, no gain. <laughs> and uh, it seems to be really true on this path, doesn't it? And, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about pain, though, in a, in a, uh, a crippling way. Um, what I find is that as soon as we move into whatever we think we have to let go of or we'll never be able to do or uh, whatever this, you know, whatever this thinking is, as soon as we move into it, the guru's always there. We're always given the blessing and the grace to open up our hearts and to move to the next level. It just comes time and time again. But, you know, if there's something that's facing me and there's been so many challenges along the way, um, now I just realize, oh, here's another one. Okay. I may deal with it today. I may put it off for a week or two, but uh -huh. I will deal with it because Again, if, if I don't, then what happens for me, at least in my path, is it seems to get heavier or, or more painful or more suffering, whatever it's called, but it seems to get a little heavy. So I tend to try to do the worst things first, whatever's on the plate, <laughs> get that off the plate as soon as possible. I'm not always perfect at it, but that's, that seems to be- That's your MO. That's my MO. It sounds like also, and um, you correct me and elaborate or whatever, but it, it sounds like you have, um, in operation, adopted something that our dear brother Ishtanandaji um, promotes, and that is this witnessing consciousness. There's a step back that says, this too will pass, I'll deal with it later. Mm -hmm. Do you, is that yeah. something that you're, uh, you resonate with? I resonate with that. And um, the witness is even here right now, witnessing me, witnessing you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, um, that, that's a really good way to get a, a, a little, a little uh, perspective when things are, are heavy. I think the other part for me is, is, um, you know, meditation, you asked me what I got out of, out of this path. Um, the, uh, everything for me, it comes out of meditation. Every answer that I, I've ever needed about anything, um, a sense of peace, uh, focus, concentration, um, connection with, with, uh, with uh, the guru and the other, you know, with Christ and Krishna and just connection. I mean, it all comes with meditation so okay. that's the greatest gift and with Kriya uh, you know I think for disciples we can all say yes 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 yeah um, but that doesn't happen immediately uh, it might happen immediately that that yeah. carrot we talk right. about that's um, but then you have to go to work isn't it you got a lot so, there's a lot of work there's a lot of work involved and and so for you, um, can you pull out and share with us? Uh, yeah, I, I can I can talk about that. I think you know if if I don't do anything else right on this path, because there's so much and there's so many things to do, it's that I never miss morning and evening meditation ever. Doesn't matter how I feel in the morning. Doesn't matter how I feel in the evening. Um, you know, when I leave this body and I go to the astral, I'll look the guru in the eye and say, listen, at least I did that right. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much here. 
Um, but you know, that piece, that discipline morning and evening and not, you know, wake, you know, there's a lot of times we don't want to meditate. Who wants to meditate when it's, you know, you've, you've forgotten your meditation. It's one in the morning and you're like, I, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta go meditate because that's my commitment. Or you just get busy and you just don't have time till, you know, 12 o'clock at night. And now it's time and the mind wants to go to sleep and you, you're like, well, no, I've, I've got a commitment. That's where the growth has come from me. You know, that's, that's that place where, um, you know, I have things like, uh, I can, you know, I'll go to bed at midnight and, uh, because I've been meditating deeply, I, if, if, if I wake up at five in the morning, I'm feeling good. I've got energy. I've got, I've got vitality in me. I can go to bed at, uh, 12 o'clock and I have to take a plane at six in the morning and I can tell my mind, wake up at four 30. And it'll wake up at 4.30. I test this all the time. So funny little things like that happen all the time. But again, it's, yeah. it's with that work. Okay. So um, it sounds like you have come to a place where um, many of us um, have held as an ideal. Um, perhaps it's, it's a place that we have come to or about to come to or haven't come to yet. But my question is, um, how did you get there? You know, how did you get to, um, having that, um, discipline, uh, to having that joy? Do you, it, can you look back and yeah, um, I can. I can, I can, I, that's a great, that's a great way to pose that. What I've done is I've immersed myself in the teachings every single day. How so? I, and I, I've, you know, I've, I've been on this path since um, not, not as long as many, but I've been here since 1999, 98. And every single day of my life since then, I have read something that opens my heart, inspires me. I have practiced the presence as best as I could every day, practicing the presence of, of coming back time and time again to feel a sense of devotion. You know, I didn't start out with devotion. I didn't even know what it was. But that's what I've continued to develop because I don't think devotion stops when you reach some level. It, it, it continues to go deeper. Yes, Master even told uh, Brother Ananamoyji, well, you have to cultivate that devotion. And uh, he didn't say um, it'll come to you like uh, in your lap after you do X amount of Kriyas. Right. He said, no, you have to cultivate it. And so well, I, uh, I, I feel, how did you do that? I, well, here's what I want to I say. It's that I think, you know, I started out with a certain level of understanding what devotion was. And I have a certain level of understanding today. And part of that is the humility to understand that I've got a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how did I start with devotion? How do you cultivate it? How do you cultivate it? If, if somebody is listening and they're saying, oh, gosh, I don't, I don't know. Devotion is like way far away from me. What, what advice would you give from your own experience? Well, I think I, I started with uh, thinking about my own devotion to my family. And so I, I could relate to that. Oh, that's um, interesting. I'm devoted to my, to my wife. I'm devoted to my children. I can feel that that's, set, that's real for me. And then, it, you know, and then it's just a transference. Okay, that's what I want to feel. 
for God. I want to feel that same devotion for God that I feel for my family. Then I had to ask, well, how would, how would I do that? Oh, I had to make God my friend, right? Because I'm not going to be devoted to anybody that's not my friend or my family. Uh-huh. So, so that, I, that takes you into practice of the presence, exactly, yes? Exactly. And, and then uh, tips on from your experience on practicing the present, what's worked for you? There's been so many ways to practice the presence. At one point, I uh, looked up all the different names of God and wrote them all down on, oh my gosh. on the internet. Okay, so I just thought every, you know, every word, and there's, there's thousands of words that represent God. So I just thought, well, let me, let me find what those are. And I started saying them and chanting them and learning them. And, and um, so that's one way, I, that's where I started. And, um, oh, wow. um, and then it was, you know, a lot of uh, uh, masters, um, you know, it's just simple, simple affirmations. You know, um, I am one with God. God is one with me. Um, you know, and I, over the years, I've used many, many different ones. I'm not recalling them all right now, but so many different ones. And just when one gets kind of old and boring, I find a new one. <laughs> I find so, one that brings life and energy, and I'm, I'm connected to it. So it's a matter of, is it a matter of just keeping the mind revolving around one aspect or another of the spiritual path? If one doesn't work, you go to go another to one. Next. I go to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I turn it on. The other thing that works for me is, uh, you know, I, I started writing <clears throat> as a result of this path. And uh, I had been journaling uh, up until... Uh, I don't know, 1998, something like that, 99, I had, um, somehow I came across some, one of the teachers that said, you should journal every day. And I said, oh, that's a good idea. So I started doing that. <clears throat> but then <clears throat> there was, there was a shift from journaling to becoming, to being inspired by Judy, my wife, to write a book. And um, she actually came up with the, uh, the uh, concept of uh, the book, my first book, which was uh, surround uh, the first book is called Ask and You Will Succeed, and it has to do. I, I created uh, 1001 questions in 35 different categories so we can ask different questions in areas of our life that are most important to us so that we're not asking the same questions, getting the same answers. So, wow, that sounds very interesting. Give us, give us the uh, uh, that sounds very interesting. Can give us the title of that book again that's ask and you will succeed you can get it on amazon or you can get it on my site at kendfoster.com okay okay and okay what are the the thoughts can that you want to keep uppermost at this stage in your sadhana uppermost is god 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 Yes, like like Brother Chidanandaji said, yes, you have to want God. You you have to want God. You have to want and, God. And I want to give a couple of concrete examples of okay. how that, you know, it's um, uh, several years ago, I got in a, uh, a pretty bad bicycle accident and I flipped over my handlebars. I was going maybe 20 miles an hour and I skidded and got a lot of road rash, but I hit, I landed on my head. And um, probably had a concussion, but the first thing I did was I woke up and I started doing Kriyas. First thing. And the pain went away almost instantly. It was amazing. 
few years ago, I had a skiing accident that I really uh, tore up, uh, you know, an MCL, an ACL, a medial meniscus, and a bone fracture on my left, on my right knee. First thing I did when I, when I stopped was go to Korea. First thing. Just the other day, I had a sinus thing going on. First thing I did was go and do EEs, okay? Get the energy flowing and start putting that into the, into the, uh, into the area that was hurting and then i and then i went and did some kriyas right and instantly for me i'm not saying this happens to everybody but it works for me the pain disappeared it 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 went away now did it come back it did come back okay and then i had to do some ayurvedic uh, things that i do but um it passed so quickly when with i just go to god it's just go to yeah. god just go to god and and god knows everything you know that that spirit in us lives. Well, one of the things that, that comes out so clearly for me in our chat, Ken, is that you are a man of action. Mm. And uh, whatever it takes for the next step, it seems that action, you're taking positive action is very um, predominant in your sadhana, whereas someone else might take the path of surrender and faith but you are you're doing your 25 percent, right i'm doing my 25 percent. <laughs> so i will say this the greatest advice that someone gave me along the way was slow down to succeed slow down to succeed and for me what that meant was taking time to meditate taking time to walk in the forest and enjoy life taking time to see God in everyone, taking time to practice the, the teachings, taking time to read, to journal, to understand that, you know, life isn't a race, you know, life is here for us to realize God. And if we're going 90 miles an hour all the time, we're not, that's not going to happen. So that's the best advice I could give anybody is slow down to succeed. Well, you've just answered, well, one of my questions is, what advice would you give? So you, you've done that one. And um, Dr. Lewis uh, used to give counseling sessions uh, when he was doing services. And uh, my husband, having come on the path at, uh, in 1956, was there at that time. And the last time he saw a doctor, doctor told him, remember this, John, Slow and easy won the race. And John said it took him a long time to figure out what the heck does that mean? Slow and easy won the race. But it had been meaningful to him throughout his life. Uh, so it's, it's a deep thing, isn't it? This, this slow down and think of God. That's it. That's it. And, um, you know, and, and for me, it didn't start that way. I was going 90 miles an hour. didn't realize I was going 90 miles an hour. But slowly, slowly, I was able to stop and, and really uh, connect deeper to God, connect deeper to life, connect deeper to myself, my soul. And, you know, after you do that a few times, you start to figure out that, hey, the rest of the stuff is a bunch of illusion and delusion. And this is where the real yeah. joy, yeah. the real juice comes from. So do it more. And you know what? I'm not perfect at it by any means. You know, I forget and I move away and I 
get upset or I do stupid things. And, but the key is, it's not how many times you leave, it's how, much, how many times you come back to it, right? Yes, 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 yes. Not how many times you fall, but how many times you just keep getting up and as you persevere, yes. You just pick it up, that's it. Okay, my dear, well, let me ask you at least one more question. And that is, when you get to the other side, and you look back on this lifetime, what is it you would like to be able to say about this incarnation that you've had? Well, I say it today. The greatest gift that has been bestowed upon me was finding the guru. And I say it this way. If somebody had known me, before this path, they would have never thought in a million years that I would ever have wanted a guru in my life. Today, it's, it's everything. And what I mean by that is, without, that, without me finding Paramahansa Yogananda, without finding our guru, I believe I would be like I watched so many other people be. They're spinning around different paths and they seem to just be spinning in circles. But I feel like, and in fact, I not feel like, I look at the results in my own life and where I've come from and where I am today and I've got a long way to go, but there's been progress. There's been real progress in areas of emotional maturity and areas of deeper, deep, deep connection with God and areas of feeling true peace true stability in life, true security, true joy, um, no matter what the circumstances. So I see that, that evolution happening, and I can hardly wait to see what's, what's next. And, and so to put a, a cap on that wonderful tribute to Master uh, Ken, uh, although you are a man of action and you do your 25%, what I'm hearing here is that that is all possible because of your guru-disciple relationship. That's, you heard it right. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Finding the guru has been the greatest gift in my whole life. And I tell people that all the time. And they look at me very strangely, like, really? And I say, yes, because, you know, we, most of us don't want somebody to... to scold us or teach us what to do or show us the way we want to do it on our own. Um, I deal with entrepreneurs all the time and entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs because they're going in a different way. But you know, at one point we have to be a really good follower before we can ever be a good leader. Mm -hmm. And that's what the guru gives me. I follow him. I follow his path. Um, try to do it as best I can. And the results are good. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. I think that that is a great place to close, but I know also that we had talked earlier and you have an offer for the um, subscribers to the so-called Infinity private access pages. And so you want to tell us what that is, Ken? I'd like to offer those that are subscribing on the uh, private subscription pages is a opportunity to have a 
one hour coaching session with me. It's more than a coaching session. It's really a business strategy session because that's what I do. Well, we will put your offer and your contact information on the private access pages. And the first three will be the lucky three that get the, um, the free coaching session, the business strategy session, and how wonderful it will be to strategize with a disciple. Okay, then I'm going to say, Jai Guru, thank you for being with us. And uh, people all over the world will appreciate having met you. Thank you for this, Brenda. Jai Guru. Well, dear friends, it's wonderful to hear these stories, isn't it? So, dear ones, please do share the podcast link with at least one other devotee and join us for the next episode where we will be meeting another uniquely devoted disciple of our beloved master, Paramahansa Yoganandaji. And if you would like entry to the private access pages where guest contact and other information is posted, just email to subscribe to the mailing list. The email address is subscribe at soulcallsinfinity.org. In closing, let us again listen to this quote of Master. Hundreds of thousands, not dozens merely, of Kriya Yogis are needed to bring into manifestation the world of peace and plenty that awaits men when they have made the proper effort to re-establish their status as sons of the Divine Father. Until next time, let us join together in affirming it's a wonderful life with Guruji in it. Jai Guru Jai! Be glad. Love.